<clears throat> was just sort of like a normal, I've bought a lot of posters on Amazon and I thought this was just going to be like a normal poster purchasing situation. What it turned out to be was this bizarre, it was like from China, which is fine, but yep. uh, it came rolled up in a PVC pipe. Um, mm -hmm. and it was, it's printed again, nowhere in the, I'll show you the product description, nowhere in the product description did this indicate that this would be the case, but it's printed on like vinyl. It, it feels like a very odd substance. Yeah. The way that it's it rolls really, up is really weird it's too. really weird. Yeah. It's printed on like vinyl of some kind. Like it feels like if you've ever felt, um, like, like a billboard that's been ripped down. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like that. A little bit. Um, so that's weird. But Mine's anyway, both, poster. both of the posters are here. We need to get frames for them. Yes. And Yours is we'll just a regular picture. poster. Mine's just a regular um, poster, except it's very special. And then we'll post a picture. Uh, yes. But that's Carol Wa Poster Watch 2K18 has come to a, a satisfying conclusion. A satisfying conclusion. We are both very happy with our... Oh, yes. I didn't think anything made any noise, but if it did, I apologize for that. Oh, mine did. That was me. Hannah. My, my B. That was a note from our producer saying to put our phones on silent. That's why we both... Paused for a minute because uh, we were reading. <laughs> we were reading a note. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That was my bad. I had my ten a.m. So what are we playing right now, Hannah? Um, what are we playing? So, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, I'm having some really uh, auditorially pleasing uh, noises. Noises, noises from my throat. Wonderful. Um, I'm. I think I'm doing a lot of vocal fry today. Whatever. Um, I am still playing Breath of the Wild. Mm -hmm. um, you will be forever until the day that you die. Yeah, pretty much. It's still a very fun game. Something that's kind of disappointing to me about it is, besides the voice acting, which I've talked about, um, which somebody did point out that I can just put the voices on Japanese and keep the uh, like the subtitles in English. Yeah, um, which you should. I should. Um, is that it feels like, and I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but in terms of relevant content to our podcast, it feels Ooh. like there's a lot of, like, it's less, like, story-driven than some other Zelda games, which is... Uh, Sort of like what I'm largely in Zelda for, like the fun combat in the world and yeah, and everything, yes. Um, <clears throat> but it's also like there's some like unnecessary bullshit that doesn't usually pop up in Zelda games. Uh -huh. Like it feels like there's more like compulsory heterosexuality than normal. And like that's like there's always like an implied romance. Well, maybe not always. Often there's like an implied romance between Link and Zelda, but that's never like a focus of the games. Mm -hmm. um, and Link is never like... Like, there's not a romance for Link, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Um, in this one, there's this, like, Zora, who are the shark people, um, who, Are like, beautiful. Are beautiful. And who, like, I guess was in love with Link, like, 100 years ago and stuff. Um, All of them? What? No, this, this one's Zora. Oh, oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, it's just weird. And, like, all of, in the Zora, all of the girl Zora are pink, which is bananas and also hasn't been the case in other Zelda games. Like, when the Zora popped up in Twilight, because there's, there's, like, whatever. There's, like, tropes. Like, there's the yeah, yeah. races that pop up in pretty much every game. Um, and they've all, like, in Twilight Princess, they were all the same color. They were all, like, sort of, like, a bluish silver color. Like sharks. Like sharks are. Or just fish in general. The fish do. Um, yeah. But it's just weird to me that in this one, like, they're really strongly, like, traditionally gendered. But Hannah, that's how people are in real life. You're right. All girls you're are right. pink and all boys all are blue. All boys are blue. And there's nothing else. That's true. That's the rules. Yeah, you're right. But that's, so that's kind of disappointing to see. And I haven't gotten to the part yet. I'm about to go to the Gerudo Desert, but I haven't gotten oh, to the, the trans like, woman. yeah, the yeah. trans woman, um, who you have to like be shitty to. 
and like the representation that is shitty in every conceivable way. Cool. Um, but that's, cool. again, that's disappointing because that doesn't normally come up in Zelda games. Um, again, it's still very fun. I'm still very glad I'm playing it. Sure. And there's some bullshit in it that is disappointing because it feels unnecessary and it feels like this weird, they're trying to like make it more of a mainstream game or so like, I don't know what they're doing. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I think that you can definitely both enjoy media and criticize it and love things that are worth no. criticizing. Okay. Everything is either problematic or it is pure. You're right. I'm I so am sorry. Tumblr. Oh God. I do not want to be sitting across <laughs> them. The personification of Tumblr yeah, right now is too early for this. It's 10 AM. Um, I was going to say something. Yep. Surely. <laughs> That's what we're here to do. Yep. Cool. I mean, I had a thing. What are you playing right now, Kai? Uh, Well, I'm not playing anything, and you you know this about me. I'm watching you play Breath of the Wild. They don't know that. It's a segment on our show. No, you're right. Fuck. There are other people listening here. Um, I just lost my train of thought, and it was very overwhelming. I'm not playing anything right now because I am deep in the thick of rehearsals for my show that's going on Mm -hmm. that I am definitely going to plug right now. It's it's called Transbender, One Boy Girl's Brave Journey, and it is... uh, going to open on Wednesday, um, and the two other people that are working on the show are the two other people that are in the room right now. Yep. It uh, goes from Wednesday to Saturday at 7.30 p.m. It's on the U's campus in the Johnson <coughs> McFarlane Black Box, yep. and it's 15 minutes, and it's quite good. I'm very it's, excited yeah, about it. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I know the script is good. Oh, but she will. She will see it. <laughs> I will see it, because I've got to hang all the lights for it tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, D- University of Denver's campus, for those of you listening from... Other if you places. Live in, if you live in Denver... Come check it out. Come check uh, it out. You can email transmasculinetransposition at gmail.com oh, to reserve seats. Oh, remembered my email. I sure did, buddy. Yeah. No, yeah. I. That's that's what my life has been. But once that's over, do you know how many video games I'm going to play? I'm so excited yeah. to play video Graduating games Graduating college is mostly just realizing how much time you have to play video games now. I can't wait. I yeah. want to be a real gaming journalist. <laughs> journalist. Yes. I'm very uh, excited. Yeah. So, Hannah. So, Kai. What's the gayest thing you've done this week? Ooh, that's a good question. I think it's probably um, that there was this really cute human who was getting uh, their oh, yeah, yeah. head tattooed at the tattoo shop where I work last week, um, and they found me on Instagram. I loved this story. And started messaging me, and they slid into my DMs. It's gross. Um, yeah, it is gross. I mean, it's not like it's all- But I hate that phrase yeah, is the thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so I've been chatting. Um, they brought me coffee at my workplace- uh, same time that I brought you a sandwich, which was fun. It Got was delightful. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, everybody, here's the hot goss. I don't know how really uh, interested I am in, like, anything right now in that regard, but they're nice, and it's flattering to um, have somebody flirt with you who came to get tattooed at your shop. So that's the gayest thing I've done this week. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you have to get married to this person. No, I know. I don't have to do them. anything with yeah, this person. Exactly. They just uh, seem like a really nice person that could be our friend. Yeah, they are a cool and nice human being. And they've seen Avatar The Last Airbender as many times as I have, which is so rare. Which is incredible because yeah. I have not met another person that has seen Avatar The Last Airbender as many times as Hannah has. Yeah, it's uh, it's one, it's one of my things. It's my trademark. Yeah, it's... it's an encyclopedic knowledge man. of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Yep. Anyway, the I, what's the gayest thing you've done this week? Well, I'm glad you asked because the gayest thing that I've done this week was uh, having a group. And there's a question that goes with this, too. Oh. Having a group of sapphic friends over um, to watch an HIV AIDS documentary called We Were Here. 
uh, and eat brunch at yeah. the same time Hell on yeah. Friday morning. It gay was very fuck. good. It was really gay. I cried a lot um, because it's sad. It's sad that, like, gay people were... What is the past tense of genocide? Like, if you had genocide committed against you, how would I say that? I don't know, man. Genocided. Uh, that's what I said that's last not, time, and I sound like an idiot. Well, genocide is not a verb, so, yeah, like, no, there isn't true. a past tense of it, so you well, can just say whatever you want. queer people had genocide committed against us. Yeah, there was a genocide committed 90s. against. Yeah, by the Reagan administration, yeah. which is fucking horrifying. Um, and then we refused to give uh, the treatment for HIV and AIDS to people in other countries because we don't care. Um, but the question that goes along with this is... What is a group of sapphic people called? You Ooh. know how, like, crows are called a murder? Yeah. I, I was thinking about this. I feel I like I out. had an answer for this at one point in time. I um, We could call it a flannel. <laughs> a flannel of sapphics. A snapback of sapphics. A snapback of sapphics uh, is very good. That's so sick. I think it's it's a, a snapback of butches. Yes. Uh, I like a flannel of That's true. Sapphics. Flannels are footch, so they can go either way. Mm-hmm. Flannels are canonically bisexual. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes. Um, that's true. Yep. Uh, should we explain? There's people listening who might have familiar- familiarity with the term. We're having a bad mouth day. Sa- yeah, sapphic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Sapphics is based off of the uh, poet Sappho. Yeah, it was, who yeah, was, was say. yeah the the <clears throat> ancient Greek poet from yes. um, the island of Lesbos, yes. uh, which is also an actual where the term lesbian. lesbian came and from. she was also gay as fuck. She was so fucking gay. Yeah, and the term Sapphic basically, in my usage of the term, encompasses people who are attracted to everyone that is not a man, basically. Sure. Like, yeah. Because uh, sapphic can encompass like non-binary people and uh, women people and like femme people. Sure. So like all people who aren't men, or I think masculine is encompassed in the term sapphic also. But yeah, it's like a more inclusive term because yeah. it sounds like it exclusively like, women. Like it, it, it comes cl- from a, a, a like a poet who was. Um, Famous for writing like love poems to women. Yes, so who it, was a woman. So. I use that term because I don't just want to say lesbians because not yeah. all those people were lesbians. Like they was so one of them was like bisexual or whatever or like pan. So <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so that's what sapphic uh, means. It's yeah. it's it encompasses many things. But I don't generally mean to say that I don't care attraction about attraction to not men. <laughs> I don't mean to say that. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's pretty gay. It, it was quite gay, is the uh-huh. thing. Um, and I made all of the brunch, and it was very good, and I was very excited about it. It was very good. I'm glad that you were able to eat some. Um, do you want to dive right into our main segment, or do you want to keep talking about the gay stuff that we've done this week? I don't know. Do we have any uh, call-out corner things for oh, this week? Oh, I was trying to think of call-out corner things, and I couldn't think of any, because last episode was Chef's Kiss perfect we did nothing wrong <laughs> well i don't know about that but we've done nothing wrong ever in our lives i love us yeah i know this and i love us will somebody give us money <laughs> please <laughs> please um this is all this podcast is just a long ploy to get tomboy x to sponsor me that's true i have spoken to hannah about this repeatedly over the course of uh, making this podcast and 
I mean, you wear just exclusively want, Tomboy X yeah, underwear. Yeah, I do. I wear exclusively Tomboy and X underwear. And you advertise it to everyone. And bras, and I advertise it to everyone. Yeah, so. you tell everyone about it. You're uh, very excited. Tomboy X, if you're looking for something to sponsor. It's us. It's us. We're we the ones. You. We love you. We love you so much. They're going to be at Denver Pride this year. I'm so stoked. Yeah, and we're going to be at Denver Pride, and we're going to be tossing out business cards. Mm-hmm. And it'll be Once very we have good. Them. We'll get them. Yep. <clears throat> anyway, so our actual podcast is not us advertising for ourselves and other things. Yeah. It's about video games and being gay. Yes. Um, and this week, I think we're going to continue talking about uh, fantasy. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it was just so good last time. I Yeah, and very much enjoyed talking about it. Um, yeah, I feel like I learned a lot. Yeah. But not only that, I've had more time to reflect on how a lot of those themes connect to, like, uh, specifically Dragon Age, one yes. of my favorite fantasy games <laughs> Yeah, of we're going to talk time. a lot about Dragon Age, which has already come up a lot, but this yeah, is going to be a Dragon pretty Dragon Age-specific episode. Um, we were also going to talk, we threatened last week to talk about the uh, Harry Potter video games. And I really wanted to have time uh, to do that. <laughs> to play <laughs> Eric the- just got very excited. Um, yeah, to replay. I would very much like to replay yeah, the Harry replay Potter PC so game. Um, I played that game so many times. I only ever finished it once, I think. That's fine. Because I wasn't really hard into, like, beating video games when I was a kid. Like, I very rarely beat a video game when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Because um, it was just too hard. And I, t- no, I don't I get know. It. I was it took a me a while to beat video games. I think the first one I ever beat was the first Fable. Cool. Also a fantasy game. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, the Harry Potter, the very good... Uh, Harry Potter PC game. What I remember the most about the, that the is... The first one, the Philosopher's yeah, Stone. Yeah, yeah, I remember really dark hallways and just the whole game being so incredibly dark and really difficult to see the things that you were supposed to pick up. Uh-huh. Our producer you, is agreeing. Because most of the first book and most of that game is just you sneaking around where you're yeah. not uh-huh. yep. and Filch becomes a terrifying monster. That yeah, yeah. Right, it well, was so it was also... The uh, animation of that game was like... Like not, it was like four bit. Like the faces were like. It's frightening. Is that where that video of Hagrid comes from? Yes, it on is. On the internet. Yeah, yeah, that's that Hagrid famous. from the Philosopher's Stone. The yeah. like mood is Hagrid from the Philosopher's Stone yeah. PC game. But yeah, Filch becomes a terrifying monster partially because the animation was so uh, uh, rudimentary. Bad. Yeah, it was very. Scary. Um, I mean, it was like two thousand. No, 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 it wasn't like yeah. Also, because you whenever you had to cast spells, which is often like. Very quickly. You had to you had make to that make shape. Yep. Yeah, it was so and you had bad. to like do it right or it didn't work. It didn't and work. I always I fucked it up. Yep. Yeah. The yeah. hardest part of that game was the um uh because all the all the spells were like tracing a symbol, like flip flipendo is what I remember about that game most. Um was like it just like a spiral in the air, but like some of them were really complicated and in the to like learn it in class, you yeah. had to like perfectly trace mm-hmm. it on the screen. Which now I'm sure would be super easy, but as a child was so incredibly difficult. I don't know how easy that would be for me nowadays. I feel like it would <laughs> oh, be yeah, a little well, bit you harder. Have, yeah, you have motor control That That issues. game is not the most friendly to people with disabilities, I it's tell you It's just not the most friendly in general. Well, that's true. Um, yeah, it was this weird... All the Harry Potter games were so bizarre because it was this weird, like, trying to take this very, like, linear plot and, like, add other things to do in it. And, like, the way that they yeah. solved... Sometimes it was kind of cool, the way that they, like, solved that. Um, the best game slash movie is the third one. The sure. third game was really fun, except there was that really hard part where you had to cast a Patronus. Mm-hmm. It was, like, when all the Dementors were across... Yeah, yeah. Ooh, across the lake, uh, coming towards Harry and Sirius, and yeah. you had to, like, cast a Patronus, and then the Patronus had to, like, 
you had to like guide it through the dementors oh, across yeah. the lake. I remember that shit. You know what I'm talking about? And like yeah. the controls were really odd. They were wonky. All of the most frustrating video game. Maybe I'm just not good at this because all the most frustrating video game like moments I can think of in my life are all like a thing launches from a place and you have to like skate it through this really specific track with kind of funky controls. The most frustrating video game of all time Let's that I have ever played in my entire life, and I will die on you this know, hill, definitely heard this before. is uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle oh, yeah, for Bikini of Bottom. Yeah, that's the hardest video game of all I time. I played it on GameCube. Yes. Um, I actually, I had two versions of it. I had on GameCube and PC, and they were literally completely different games. I also had it, I from think, on GameCube the Game Boy and on the GameCube, and they were completely different, different games. games. The PC version, this is a little off the rails, but let's I really go, need to go, talk about go, this. Go. The PC version was like a mini games game. You just like play the weird little mini games, and it was sort of like a WarioWare situation mm. where there was just like a hub, and then you played mini games. Whereas the, uh, the GameCube version that I had, and I'm assuming if it was on like PlayStation or whatever was uh like a rpg basically it was like a well sorry um it was like a uh an adventure game basically where you had to like you as spongebob like ran around this world and like went to different levels and that game was so fucking difficult that is the only game that has ever and we could this is a brief segment called the most frustrating games you've ever played that is the only game that has ever caused me to physically break a controller because uh, I, I played, it was in Mr. Cret. There was, like, one where you, like, it was, and again, it was this weird way to solve this. Like, yeah. all these different classic SpongeBob episodes, you, like, played through a level based on that, sort of. Uh, and it was the episode where SpongeBob goes into everybody's dreams. Um, ex- so, like, in the dreams, you have to play episode. through these challenges. And it was also, like, a platformer with really fucky controls. Sure. Um, but anyway, uh, in Mr. Krabs' dream, you had to, like, There was a grill, and there were all these monster robots on the grill, and you had to, like, launch and, like, skate through this really specific course on the grill to, like, get to this thing. And if you, like, touched any of the robots, you died. I probably did that literally a hundred times, and that is the only task in a video game that is going to cause me to scream and slam my controller against the concrete floor of the basement where I had all my video games. How old were you? Um... I, 12 or 13. I see. Like, I was, like, a preteen, I yeah, yeah. think. Um, Goddamn, that game sucks. But I played so much of it. I never finished it because I think eventually I developed more self-respect than attachment to the game. Um, yeah, that makes sense. But, yeah, that's the most frustrating. So, anyway, the Harry Potter video games, <laughs> um, <laughs> they were that's very sort dark of a similar thing. Memory. Yeah, they were dark, and they, like, yeah, it was a similar thing where it was, like, I think it's part. It's this thing where like that story isn't really meant to be a video game, or like I feel like it. There's could there, be a there is a way to do it well, game. but much like with the movies, there's a way to do it well, and they by and large didn't do it that way. Yeah. Um, you know except for I, the third movie, which rules. I had a really good idea that I feel like probably exists somewhere, and I'm just like, you know, Rip. prophesizing yep. into okay. the future. Um, there should be a Harry Potter VR game. Uh, that would be amazing. More than anything, I would like to stand there and walk around Hogwarts and cast spells with my hands uh-huh. in real life and accidentally walk into a wall because VR is really confusing yep. about where you are. I want that so badly, Hannah. Yeah, I want that very badly. I want that, and I want uh, an Avatar video game. Yes. The Last Airbender. That is not um, the really bad Legend of Korra video yeah. game. Yeah, oh, that, that speaking of frustrating video yeah. games, um, <laughs> that fucking game. 
but uh, let's not dive too far into that. Yeah, <laughs> we've already had one. This is a segment game. called Game Santa Hates. Before. Yeah, I, I like this segment. I might uh, add it. Um, and they're pretty much all like wonky adaptations of yes, television so, shows and yeah, books and movies. It's true. I I want to dive into this a little bit because we were talking earlier. I said earlier you can like things and also criticize them and yes. be critical of them, and you are still allowed to like them, and they, that doesn't mean that they're good or perfect. Like for example. I love the L word. Yeah. It's bad. It's a bad television I've show. I've Stockholm syndromed into the well, L word. The thing. We've stopped watching it for the past month, and I, I can't tell if like this has been a really good month or a really bad month because of that. It's very iffy. Um, so anyway, Harry Potter has a lot of stuff that is really awesome, and I, st- I love these books. Mm-hmm. I will reread them on a semi-regular basis, and I will continue to love them, and I get sucked into them, and we did Harry Potter pub quiz. Yeah. Like, we're fans of Harry Potter, but there's a lot of stuff in there that I think is definitely worth being critical of, mm-hmm. um, such as I was reading that that one academic article about uh, like queering Harry Potter or whatever, and it had never occurred to me how odd it is that there are no gay people besides like the rewrite of Dumbledore or whatever that she threw in there yeah. later in all of Harry Potter because there's like queer people everywhere and nope. it's not at all what nope oh. Well, <laughs> okay. Anyway. Well, I guess this totally closes off this rant. There's like queer people everywhere, all over the place at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just doesn't make any sense why in a world that she wants to be so like representative or whatever, or like kind of honest to reality, why there wouldn't be any gay people in it. Um, because it was the uh, 90s and early 2000s. Eh? And gay people hadn't been invented in the 90s in yeah. spite of the fact that we were fighting for our right to live and having die-ins and all that during that time. Well, uh, yeah, I know. It's it's the joke. Okay. I know. Um, I'm sorry, I just watched an AIDS I know, documentary. Um, there's a cat on your computer. There sure is. Um, yes, it's, I mean, it's what we were talking about in general with, like, queer representation and fantasy and, yeah. like, the lack thereof that, like, this is this world, uh, you know, where magic literally exists um, and sort of, like, the way the rules of magic work in Harry Potter, like, they can, they can do almost anything. There's, like, the three laws of magic that uh, there's, like, three things, basically, that you can't create. Like, you can't create um, food out of... Like, you can't create food. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, like, summon ingredients from somewhere else and cook food with magic, but you cannot create food. You can, like, create water and all these things, which is, like, very... That's not how physics works. Sure, it's magic. Yeah, it's magic. Um, but, yeah, there's all that, but you can't, like, in all that... Um, there's a lot of really excellent, of course, like, fan discourse about, yes. like, applying the the rules of Harry Potter to uh like a queer experience like I mean, what I always if think about how cool it would be as a trans person <clears throat> uh especially like a non-binary or like gender fluid trans person if you could just like change the way that your body looked every yeah, day totally. that'd be so tight that'd be awesome yeah the like the um possibilities of magic in that universe for queer and trans people are awesome yeah um we we had a long text discussion at one point about wizard porn and how cool that would be i barely i i forgot that we had done that but now i really remember this very distinctly and wizard porn would be so it would be tight um and oh there was something else that i had queer and trans people 
Oh, and like uh, the notion of like, like I like to think about like, um, like Wizarding World body modifications. Mm, like yeah. you could have like tattoos. Like you could have a tattoo watch that like actually ch- told the time. You know what I mean? And that's the boring end of things. And that's that the really boring ending thing. But you'd have like tattoos that changed shape and color and so yeah. forth. You could have like a tattoos. Tattoo. You could have like a sneakoscope tattoo that like warned you when. Uh, untrustworthy people were around. Like, Which would be so tight. That would be so tight. Or you could have like uh, dermal implants that did cool things. Or you, you could, could have, have like, like a piercing that like translated languages mm-hmm. into your ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have like ear piercings that functioned as hearing aids. Or like my septum ring could make me smell like a normal person. Yep, like, yep. Like the sense of smell, not smell bad or good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you could have all kinds of stuff. You could have like tattoos that keep you warm. Like there's yeah. all sorts of possibilities for that. God, And I think cool. part of that is it's filtered through this very like, um, I don't know, like heteropatriarchy lens. Which is really odd because the, the world the books are seems written. so desperately to want to be queer and seems to be like mm-hmm. hypothetically queering a lot but of the it's norms written that we by have, but it's written by uh, actual uh, trash trans, can actual transphobe J.K. Rowling yeah actual um, human trash can J.K. Rowling yeah it's it's actually quite horrifying uh, some of the things that she has said but what's what's fun about Harry Potter is it's also um, you can read into it very easily an allegory mm-hmm. for the queer experience yeah totally like uh, when Harry comes out of the closet like <laughs> literally yeah literally and uh, experiencing those like feelings of magic that you can't control and like are coming mm-hmm. out sometimes and your family is rejecting you and you can't yeah, do like anything about it. Yeah, like how much the Dursleys tried to like yeah. beat it out of him, but Yeah, and that happens to so many queer And then but he's then taken out by take... an older an older person, an yeah. older wizard person who like teaches him the ways of Yeah, and takes him to this big queer world. Yeah. Um, and then he sort of makes this chosen family and so forth. You were the Hagrid to my Harry Potter. Incredible. In this world. Amazing. Hannah. Yes. Um yeah, it's just, I think it really is that it's filtered through this uh, shitty author. Um, and again, I love Harry Potter very much. Recently, no much. J.K. Rowling has been uh, tweeting really openly transphobic stuff about, yep. I guess, some stuff that's going on in England. So she's yeah, a literal human trash a can. a huge witch hunt against specifically trans women uh, and trans feminine people in England right now. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, there is in the U.S. too, but because yeah, like, there everywhere. always is. But like, in there's there's all of these papers that are coming out with these hor- horrifying articles, and there's just people attacking like all these really awesome trans women that uh, I follow on Twitter. And J.K. Rowling has just been like retweeting the transphobic, the transphobic stuff. stuff. Yeah, and that that just was so disappointing to me the first time that I saw that because like it's not like I expected anything great from J.K. Rowling no, but I never pretty much you know, everything she's come out with <laughs> since the yeah, books has been exactly like her saying inflammatory things bad. to get attention yeah and it just it still really hurt me to see that yeah um, no it from sucks from one of my favorite like children's but authors but it's it's Again, it's that, like, loving things while still being able to criticize them and still exactly. choosing, personally choosing to love Harry Potter. The books, yes. the movies are hit or miss. Uh, the books are great. The games are largely trash, but hold a very nostalgic place in my heart. Yes. I played, I stopped playing the games after the fourth game, because this is a video game podcast, so I'm bringing it back right. around. okay, yep. Um, I stopped playing the games after the fourth game because uh, the fourth game was garbage. It was so bad. I have no recollection. They got a fire game. Um, it was sort of like mini, like level based, which was fine. Um, you didn't get to like run around Hogwarts like you did in the other games, which was sort of uh, um, the disappointing. Best part. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the final, the thing I remember most was the final battle against Voldemort. Was you 
literally, like, in the, you, like, fought him in the cemetery, but rather than, like, doing, like, you know, the Priory Incantatum when you're once and the Twin yeah, Cores yeah, and yeah, all the, the cool thing, thing that, that happens, happens in the book, um, you just picked up, uh, you, like, Wingardium Leviosid, like, gravestones and threw them at Voldemort <laughs> and that was the fucking battle Holy like shit. that was the boss final boss of that oh, game oh boy do um, I wish that was what happened in the book right it was like I and it was really easy and I finished it and I was like was that seriously was that, um was that not Aries fever dream about yes like was that a real thing that that get, it was just so lazy and yeah. bad and uh, the games I think pretty obviously I don't want to like insult whoever made them but are pretty obviously just like a movie comes out and it has to have a game like it's a cash grab I mean yeah that was for a I remember when that was an even bigger mediocre thing. movies like when a movie would come out like a game would come out almost instantly and the game would pretty much always be bad that has kind yeah. of changed a little bit there started to be better games that come mm-hmm. out with movies I've heard that uh, like the first thing I thought of was Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, I've heard that I've game heard is that good. That game is good if you like a very specific type of racing game, mm-hmm. and it's a very well done specific type of racing game. So sure. if you like that, that's like your shit. Is and it I like really, a like a demolition derby situation? I I think it's kind of like a demolition derby, but it's also kind of like open world. I, I don't huh. fully I don't fully know enough about right. it to speak to it, but it sounds like something that would be right up your alley based on uh, everything that I know about you, which yeah. is enough, I guess. <laughs> I'm done now, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about movies and video games and yep. how bad they can be. Yeah, sure. Like the E.T. video game. The notorious E.T. The video notorious game. The notorious E.T. video game where they buried thousands of copies of it somewhere in Mexico in a garbage dump and they buried them just underground because they couldn't sell them. That's incredible. Is that so, true? Yeah. So somewhere <laughs> somewhere in, in, in like, I think it's Mexico I because some law or something had happened where they couldn't bury him somewhere else um and and they just and they're just down there somewhere in the There's dirt it's just like a tra- i hope that when like become sentient society someday. no what <laughs> um what aaron sorry i just want to say it's not just et um atari had buried when they went under they buried all of their unsold video games incredible in 1983 uh this is a funny bit it says contrary to the urban legends that claimed millions of cartridges were buried there. Uh, Heller stated that only 728,000 cartridges Incredible. So there's just like an Atari mass grave somewhere. So somewhere. somewhere. We Um, could go searching for this and dig it up. I hope that when, like, the world, uh, uh, you know, ends in a nuclear holocaust that when, like, aliens... It, I mean, it will. Like, you I'm can knock, knock on it. all the wood in the world. That's how we're going to go, pretty much. I just was knocking on one to make sure it would happen. It's referred to oh. here in this article as a mass burial of unsolved Yeah, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> um, I hope that when, like, you know, an alien species discovers our bombed-out planet, that that's... They, like, dig that up. That's the and first thing that they They're find. like, these like must, like, be, like, in a burial, like, artifacts. They must contain, like, the soul... The lost souls of these... This... Maybe we'll go into the Atari cartridges. Oh, my God. So that means only, like, 700,000 people will get to... Yeah. That's very sad. That's a very sad thought. I mean... This is a sad world. This is a There's sad no podcast. good way We're this is going to end, my oh, dude. That's true. Um, anyway, do you want to talk about Dragon Age? Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Speaking of uh, big catastrophic world-ending events. I mean, yeah, there, there sure is one of those in Dragon Age. I don't know. I was thinking a lot. I think this is a good jumping-in point that we can really roll with. Great. So I was talking to you about this last night, and I 100% don't know if you remember. Oh, um, so high. But <laughs> I was... 
<laughs> it was very good. We were doing a lot of impressions of things. I loved every second of it. Were um, we? Yeah. Like what? Well, we were doing our solid snake oh, impression. Yeah. Solid and Solid snake. Solid snake. And I made you open your mouth. <laughs> I know. Thank you. And I made you open your mouth oh, while yeah. I did the and voice. Oh, I, yeah. I, it was, there was, it was, a, it was. Because Santa couldn't do it. So I was like, I'll do it for <laughs> Again, you. Yeah, there was no audience to this. We were just doing this by ourselves in our living room. We're very presentational, even when we're alone, <laughs> I think. we have no one to present to. Yeah, that comes with being a weird theater kid. Yeah, I guess. Um. So anyway, what I was actually going to talk about instead of solid snake was... (laughs) (laughs) This is why it's good. I love it so much. Solid snake. Yep. You're getting there. You're getting there, I've never played Metal Gear. Have I? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, Dragon Age. Dragon Age. Bring out the Dragon Age. Um... I was thinking about how I Dragon Age was like the one where I always played as a dude, and like Mass yeah, Effect yeah. was the one where I always played as a lady, right? Um, but in both those games, I always, except for Mass Effect, where I wanted to be with Garrus for a hot minute, and that was fine. Um, I always insisted on being gay, regardless of what gender I was playing. I insist! I, I, I have to be... I don't make the rules, I have to be gay. Please, I insist. I'm homosexual, I insist. That's what I would say before I would play the game, and the game would let me. Um... I was thinking about that in both in like relation to the video games and in relation to my own life because at the time that I was identifying as like a trans man or whatever, I always say or whatever when I list. I know, identity, yeah, you do. Or whatever it was. <laughs> That's you know. psychologically interesting. Sure is. Let's investigate that later. Um, when I was identifying as a trans man, period, I uh, was gay. And hey, I was, sorry. Get her off the plant. Leave it alone. She's fine. Okay, carry on. Sorry. <laughs> we should really like put our cat somewhere when we're recording yeah, this we podcast. Should. No, this but is great. So the audience cute. loves it. Yeah. Um, I, I was gay and I was sleeping with like other men at that time. And that was just like how it was. So whatever gender identity I have, I have to be gay. You insist. I insist. There's nothing that I can do uh, besides that. Now that I'm non-binary, everything I do is gay. Incredible. Thank you. Um... So, like, playing this video game and playing as a um, gay male character in Dragon Age Origins, I think, allowed me to feel comfortable exploring that in life later. Mm-hmm. Like, in spite of the fact that everything around me was telling me that I was not, like, a man or not whatever. Um, gender is weird, because just the other week I said that, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Despite despite that fact, I was able to, like, do that, and that was fine. And, like, that, that felt like a safe place to just kind of explore that at first, because I was doing that when I was playing that game when I was 15 for the first time. And I came Who out as you, trans man when I was 17. Is Everin the only romance option you have, like, gay unless, man? Unless. You have the very weird glitch that oh, I have yeah, in you my have an PC amazing version of PC Dragon Age glitch. Origins, um, where I can fuck anyone... Yeah, you can romance every romanceable character at the same yes, time, because regardless of the gender of your warden. I think at one point it, I had okay. um, like modded my game, like gone into the game files and like deleted whatever was preventing me from doing what I wanted in that realm, and I forgot about it, or I like tried to mod it and then like it ended up working, and I just now I can romance everyone at all times. Yeah, you're. Queer, your uh, queer polyamory glitch? Yes, I'm living in queer utopia and Dragon Age Origins for yeah. the PC. Oh man, it is utopia because you're also, there's dragons and magic and shit. There, yeah, exactly. And you could be an elf, which it's is all so I've ever wanted. tight. 
You'll get those ears someday, Hannah. Yeah, I know. It's going to be expensive and painful, but it's going to happen. It will. It will. But when you played Dragon Age Origins for the first time, that was more recently. That mm-hmm. was when I knew you. Yeah. Well, I started playing it before we sort of like reconnected in our lives. Um, Beautiful. But it was when I was living in that terrible basement apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that apartment. That was terrible. Yeah. Uh, it was like, it was fine. It the was apartment just, was fine. It's just the neighbors. It was, yeah. And the apartment was described by people who came into it. Um, I described it as an underground prison hospital. Yeah, um, I see it. Or, uh, there, it, this is how it looked. Or, um, like a safe room. You go in into a survival horror game that like is supposed to be a safe room. It but, felt very Resident Evil to me. Yeah. But like the monsters actually come in. It was a, this is a worthy diversion. It's true. It's the place I lived. It was a basement of a house, and I won't go into the neighbor's story. That's for another time. That's for another long. time. Um, but the floors were all, like, like concrete that had been painted gray they and then so sealed with, like, a lot of sealant. Um, like, there were, like, bubbles in it. They, like, cut your feet up. Uh, and then the walls were all, like, blank white. Yeah. And all the fixtures in the kitchen and the bathroom were all white. Um, and it had this really scary shower with this really scary drain. Um, anyway, that's where I was living <laughs> when I was playing Dragon Age Origins for the first time in 2016 is when I started playing it. Are you it. sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that. It was either late 2015 or early 2016. Okay, yes. I'm just trying to add up in timelines of when we knew each other and when we didn't. Yep. Yep, that makes sense. Go on. Anyway. Carry on. Um, I insist. And uh, yeah, it's, I played as a woman inquisitor because like I said, I will never play as a man or a human. So I played, the first time I played as a, or not inquisitor, warden. Um, I played as a dwarf, a butch dwarf lady. Which is incredible. That's basically what you are in life. Yeah, right? Um, (laughs) Thank you. I play as a rogue because I usually uh, default to rogue. And um, yeah. That's my very interesting take on... But yeah, I played it... gay. Yes, I played it... Uh, of course I was gay. You're, I insisted. Yep. <laughs> uh, I played it, you know, like long after I was out. Um, and I played... I don't know. The thing I like, and I think I've maybe touched on this before. The thing I like about some of the romances in Dragon Age and the thing I like about, like, um, my favorite romance in Mass Effect, which is with uh, Liara is that it's not just, like, so often video game romances, I think, are, like, you're just fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, my favorite romances in those games is, like, you can have... I'm a, like, sappy, hopeless romantic. Sure. And you can have this, like, very organic feeling and very, like, satisfying and, like, loving romance with somebody, which doesn't, I feel like, often happen in video games. And it's sort of, like especially in origin that's sort of like incidental that it's a queer romance. Um, like it's not really touched on. Like we've kind of talked about like there's a couple of characters who have like a dedicated sexuality, but other than that, it's just like, here's who you can romance and here's who you can't, which is kind of neat when you think about it. It's, it's neat in the mechanics of the world because it means like, what are you doing with your mouth? <laughs> just like, I don't know. <laughs> it was just a really frightening face. <laughs> Um, it's neat, (laughs) the mechanics of the world, because like sexuality is so incidental in that world. But of course, like that world is written by real humans in this world. And it would be nice to have more like dedicated representation 
Which they did do more of in Inquisition. Yeah, it's true. But I also think that in Dragon Age Origins, there were some dedicated sexuality choices, like with Liliana being like, I'm attracted to both women and men. Yeah, she, like, like, talks about how she, like, when she was a nun, basically, she was, like... Gay nuns. The gay nuns. I'm a huge fan. Uh, But then Zevran also, um, who is the, like, male... uh, romance option for other men or I guess anyone um also talks about how he's bisexual and poly as fuck Mm -hmm. like he 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 loves love he loves people he loves fucking and he's just ready to party with you as the warden (laughs) yeah he is he's one member of the uh possible possible five way that you can have the 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 famed group sex scene that I never will shut up about for the rest of my life (laughs) I know um which is I don't know. I just think that that's there is no other game that I have played where you can have group sex. Yep. Which is like, like such, consensual group consen- sex. I don't know what kind of games you're playing. I mean, none. But isn't there like, I don't. I just think like like Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. It has like this the the hot coffee is just the, it's just the no. Sex. I know, but it just feels like there might be a game out there where like. Well, this is the most fleshed out like. Yeah. Reasonable, like actual real life situation group sex scene. Yeah, that's that what I, I mean. Seen. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I yeah, get what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like up to, like, you talk to all these people and, like, you create the group sex situation. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, like, is really down for it and is really stoked about it. Alistair is kind of not that excited, but he's, like, down because he wants to, but yep. he's um, really salty. Well, he's just kind of prude. He's he's kind of, well, he's kind of a prude, yeah. But like in in the game, he he if you if you want to have the group sex scene with Alistair, also you have to make him salty oh. in order to have sex with him in this way. Fascinating. It's really weird, um, but yeah, like I'm very passionate about group sex, and I'm very passionate <laughs> about like normalizing the practice of having like multiple partners and multiple sexual partners yeah, and totally. multiple sexual partners at the same time, and I think that. That's like, you know, not to get ahead of myself because we still have yet to have trans people in video games or queer people in video games. Oh, but it would be one so, Dragon Age. Yep, that fixed the problem. Mm-hmm. One trans person solved the whole thing. A whole trans. The one whole trans. I I just think that we should be more open about polyamory mm-hmm. and like integrate more aspects of that into video games also, because I think that that's just such a you know, like, regular, everyday thing. Yeah, and it's so interesting that, like, the the characters that are un- pretty un- Well, in the first two Dragon Age games, the characters that are, like, pan or bisexual and more, and, like, dedicatedly or, like, um, previous to you or whatever, like, state more, like, polyamory mm-hmm. are the rogue characters. <laughs> True. Which is kind of, could be read as, like, sort of problematic that the, like, um, uh, sort of, like, like, Zevran and then Isabella is your option, is the uh, one in two who's, like, very... I always romance him as Isabella. Yeah, I love her. Um, she's amazing. She's, she's a, a hot pirate. And that's How all I want to be. Yeah, that's and all Mary. I want to fuck. Um, yep. Um, hot vampires. Four days. Save the world. Um, and Isabella actually has, like, uh, some body modifications, which you yeah. very rarely see. That's a whole that's separate true. topic. You very rarely see that in yep. games uh, or movies or anywhere. Yep. That was one of the most exciting things about Black Panther is that so many yeah. people in it were modded and not just the villains were modded. It's like, very good. So, like, a lot of the, uh, I don't know, like, good characters. Yes. Like, a lot of people in Wakanda were all modded. Yeah. And the mods were done really well and, like traditional but it was really cool we have a lot of feelings about Black yeah Panther. the like we'll talk um, about this some other time. fucking the like uh microchip lip plates were yeah, so yeah. cool on that uh anyway 
Black Panther's really good. You should see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, that, like, uh, so the rogues are these, especially Isabella is this sort of, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She's just very, well, like... it's a bisexual stereotype to be, like, um, overly sexualized. Yeah, totally. And, and like, sort of, like, Zevran, fast and loose. Yeah, and Zevran and Isabella are both, like, portrayed originally as fast and loose, but it seems like the... And I agree that that's problematic, but it seems like the way that Zevran and Isabella are both written, you are still, like, in spite of that stereotype, stereotypical representation, you have, like, this really deep, like, loving relationship Yeah, you, like, get to know them and have this really deep, loving relationship. That, in Zevran's case, at least, is Polly, which is so... I, I, I'm going to keep coming back to this point because it makes me so excited that you can have a loving polyamorous relationship that's not like, I'm jealous and you're cheating because I didn't consent to this thing. Yeah, like, it's like you get to jealousy do. Jealousy is a part of it. Yeah, I'm not going to con- lie. But consent- but you get to do consensual polyamory in Origins yeah. and that never happens. Never. If you have a glitch, you can do it real well. Oh, yeah. Um, or a mod. But uh, otherwise, it's just like Zevran is like a rare example of a representation of that. Yeah. And um, Isabella, you were saying... She's still, like, you sort of, like, um, well, you romance her, and then the weirdest thing about Dragon Age to me is that your player character from 2 comes back as an NPC in Inquisition. Yeah. And it's in this really bizarre way. And I don't just know. just kind of stand up on that, like, wall, that part of the wall yeah, in and your they, base. They just kind of, like, chill. Stay there. It's bizarre. But anyway, yeah. um, I also... <laughs> In my most recent Inquisition playthrough, I made my Hawk and my Inquisitor look exactly the same. I did that too. And their voice actors sound pretty much exactly the same. Yep. So it's pretty fun. I mean, not to like shit on the voice actors, but they sound the same. Um, it's this very like um, vague fantasy British accent. The one if, that you imitated last time. Let's hear it again. Yeah, they're like vague. Well, with their ones, it's like, it's got this like mischie- mischievous edge. It's like the vague high fantasy sort of British accent. Yeah. Um, but they're like, I'm Hawk and I'm here to save the Inquisition. That That's wasn't a bad good. That was Hawk. Pretty good. I haven't, that was pretty considering good. I haven't played that game in a long time. That's true. Um, but yeah, that you get to like have this really like satisfying, loving relationship. The more we talk about Dragon Age, the more I like it. I love Dragon Age Here's the so thing much. about Hannah and I. Um, we love Dragon Age. We love we Dragon have Age. We have an entire Google document dedicated to our fan theories about Dragon mm-hmm. Age. It's quite a long Google document to the point where I'm a little bit embarrassed to say I'm how not. long it is. I don't remember how long it is. Um, I don't know what to tell you. Like, we have a lot of fan we theories. We have a lot of we fan like dra- There's a rich mythology it's in Dragon true. Age. I, I'm not actually embarrassed. It okay, was, good. It was for the, for the joke. Well. Um, you're right. I should never <laughs> joke about being embarrassed. You should uh, never joke. You're right. <laughs> I should. This I should. is a serious podcast. Yes. Podcasting is very serious. Podcasting is a very serious business. Um, my feet are so cold. I, it's very cold. It's snowing. Uh, Dragon Age is one of my favorite games of all time, and that does not mean that it's beyond criticism because right. their representation of the trans character, it sucks that you have the option to be transphobic. Right. Like, why do you have that option? We've talked about this. Right, and he's voiced by He's voiced by a cis woman, which, you know, that's a whole other host yeah. of and issues like, that I have. And, like, love Jennifer Hill, but she's a cis woman. She, and that's fine. She can do that all that she wants. There's a lot of important queers to me. She is Kiyoshi. Yes. Who is canonically bisexual. They yes. stated in the comics. Avatar Kiyoshi. Yes. She is uh, Shepard. Yes. My favorite space gay. My favorite space lesbian of all time. Yep. Um, and she's Krim. Yes. And Krimis is a classy in uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. Was that his full name? Yes. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know it. Shoot. I know. I tend to hold. I hold. Here's the thing. Having an encyclopedic knowledge of fantasies 
things. It's hard. It's hard work. It's most of what I've based my personality around since a very young person. I see. I wrote my college entry essay about Harry Potter. I wrote mine about Lego robotics. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, because you were going to be an engineering major for a hot minute there, weren't you? No, I was going to be a psychology major. I thought you were going to be an engineering major at one point. Were you going to be a neuroscience major? Yeah, neuroscience. That's not engineering. No, I know, but I thought you were going to be an engineering major at one point. Well, no, no, no. I, I went into college with a psychology major, biology minor, neuroscience focus. Um, I was going to be an engineering major like before I went to college. Surprise, now you're a gender and women's studies major. Surprise, now I'm just a big old homo and I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing about being gay. <laughs> yeah, he does. It's like uh, that episode of SpongeBob where all he knows is fine dining and breathing. Here's the thing. And he that's doesn't have any joke. other thoughts. Being being this queer in this particular academic sense takes a lot of thinking is the thing. I'm really smart. I'm really smart, so, you guys. So I'm like very smart. I'm very talented. I would never call a group of people you guys unless I was making fun of that type of person. Yeah. Um, Just, I mean, I do it all the time, but I am trying to get out of that yeah, habit. Yeah, it's a bad habit. It um, y'all is the perfect English I word for a group of you. Y'all. So anyway, Dragon Age. Um, Dragon Age. Best game all time. Well, <laughs> it's very good. Ever. And that's the thing is like, it's, Dragon Age is actually a very good counter example to what we were talking about last time. Cause like, mm-hmm. yes, it needs to do more and it needs to be more, but it's doing pretty well. Um, in terms of this very rich fantasy world with this very rich mythology, like yes. I think it's very rich, and I think it's very interesting that like actual history I mean, of Thetis we, we dive and the way into that the nations, we yeah, the, the way the like we... nations interact with each other in Thetis, um, and the way that the nations are like some of them are pretty heavy-handed allegories. Like Orle is France, like they have I mean, vaguely you're French you're accents. You're a huge European history nerd. I am a huge European so this history is why nerd. This is yeah, that's so true. Actually, that's something that I. Sort of forget about myself. That I remember I, that constantly. Yeah, I was an AP Euro in high school. It. I got a five on the test. Oh my god! Thanks, Monty Python. Um, my <laughs> excellent Miss Montgomery, probably my favorite teacher I've ever had. Shout out to uh, Miss Montgomery. Shout out to Miss Montgomery, uh, who was my high school AP European history teacher. Cool. She was just a very important figure in my life. Also, I'm very glad I should hit her up for coffee. Anyway, um, Dragon Age, and yep. uh, it's what we're talking about. Uh-huh. It's the age of dragons, yep. people. But yeah, this very interesting and complex and rich mythology and history. Like, there's a just the world building in Dragon Age is really cool to have that and to have queerness like integrated into that. It's so good, right? And I love how much agency the player character is given in shifting the way that the world of Dragon mm-hmm. Age works because the different ways that you play the series of three games affects the way that the other games go, at yeah. least in my like view and playthroughs mm-hmm. of it. Um, sort of, yeah. The thing I like a lot about that and Mass Effect, mm-hmm. which has some fantasy elements, is of course sci-fi. Yeah. Is, um, and I the, think that sci-fi is fantasy. Well, yes, and... Um, it's basically is magic or science the explanation for sure, your sure. world. Uh, sometimes it's both, like Star Wars, um, which is mostly magic, but whatever. Yeah. Um, that I just like, I really, so the, the choices don't always like really affect your world. Like you think you're yeah, going to make this big choice that really affects something and you're like, well, I guess we're not just going to address that, huh? That's fine. Um, but, uh. I like the way that player choices feel a lot yes, in and I lo- those games. I, I love the way that the A plot and the B plot, the choices that you make in both those things affect each other throughout the series. Yeah, the totally. Yeah. And I like, this is especially true in, oh. this is especially true in Mass Effect, but it's also very true in Dragon Age. 
I like the gravity that they give to your decisions. Mm. Like, I like how mm-hmm. genuinely difficult some of the decisions are. Oh, yeah. You're sitting there like, do I have to kill all of these people to yeah, save like, these Yeah, like, really, do I really have to do this? Yeah. Um, and I think that's less true in Dragon Age. It's yeah. more true in Mass Effect. But, um, I yeah, I like the way that player choices feel. And I like the way that, yeah, it just feels to feel like you're influencing your world, mm-hmm. even if sometimes that's not true. Um and I like the characters that you play. Like, I like how you get to build your warden and your inquisitor. Hawk, I'm less a fan of, but sure. I'm just less a fan of too. In yeah, general. no, I get But the that. more I think about it and talk about it, the more I like the it. The thing is, when you remember two, it's very pleasant. Like, the yeah. memory of two, and you're like, wow, that's a good game. And then you go in and you play it, and you're like, wow, this fucking sucks. This what was game I talking sucks. About? I yeah. hate this game. But then you, then you and finish it. And then I finish playing two, and, like, and I go, wow, I kind of want to play two, two again. Two is a good game. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to expand on what I was talking about with the A plots and the B mm-hmm. plots. I think the first Dragon Age, Dragon Age Origins, is primarily an A plot, which is basically just, like, you going down into the, the what what is it called? Deep Roads? The Deep Roads, yeah, the Deep Roads. Um, and then two is, has the kind I'm of- I'm sorry, a- did you just describe going into the Deep Roads as the whole plot of no. Dragon Age Origins? No, Not I defeating not. the Arch- Yes, you did. You I said mean, that's w- the A plot of the game. I it's not. I talk Def- about defeating the Archdemon. Defeating the Archdemon. I spoil it. It's been out for like 10 years. Okay, and also the entire, a- like going to the Deep Roads is one of the that's missions in Origins. Okay, just what are you talking about? No, you just said a bananas thing. You just said a bonkers thing that the A plot of Dragon Age Origins is it's the deep roads. It's A, the worst part of the game, <laughs> and B, a small portion of the A plot, which is defeating the arch, which is like gathering all these armies I'll and defeating the arch. About the next you just gave games. such a bad summary of origins. <laughs> I just want to finish saying I just, I just hate the thing that you said so much. Please just give me another chance. Okay, but are you going to describe the actual plot of Dragon Age <laughs> 2, or are you going to be like, yes, the plot I of am. Dragon Age 2 is okay. when you go to the mine and fight that dragon? <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. A side quest of Dragon I'm Age sure 2. That's very good audio. Uh, so, the, I mean, I guess the, the A plot and the B plot of Dragon Age 2, um, you know, there's all those different acts. And I think yeah. kind of the focus rotates a little bit between the uh, Canari and the uh, mages and the. I would argue the Dragon Age 2 just has like three different. A plots, yeah, basically. I, I don't disagree with that. I was kind of picturing the Kinari as the B plot and like the mages and the Templars as the, as a, the plot. a plot. Yeah. But then in Inquisition, like the A plot is like this big rift has opened up and we don't know what to do about it. And the B plot is kind of like the mages and Templars, but that kind of factors right. into the A plot. And I yeah, think Inquisition way, is a better example, I think, yes. of like A plot, B plot. I think that the way that that sort of um, mage Templar rift has been built across mm-hmm. all three games. Well, the mage Templar situation me. is sort of the B plot of the series in yeah, general. and I love this that conflict B-plot. between, yeah, between the mages and the Templars and like both of whom have good points. Like the Templars are for sure oppressing mages and like mages shouldn't be kept in towers and have rights and so forth. But also yeah. like I mean, the Templars people. have this point that like, so, like mages can be very dangerous and like Tevinter is a world where mages rule and like Tevinter sucks, but it's more to do with Tevinter. Like it's, it's putting the, it's just kind of, it's politically complex. You know what I mean? There's like that's, stuff to that's be part read. Of what I like about it a, is, yeah. was kind of analyzing that also from the like queer wizard perspective mm-hmm. uh, and like seeing wizards as that queer force. Um, yes, absolutely. And the the amount of discrimination that mage characters face and kind of the way that that was more integrated into Dragon Age Inquisition because when you were a mage in the first couple games it was like 
for some reason, it doesn't really matter that you're a well, mage. Well, it's most it's the most bonkers in two because yeah. in Kirkwall, like mages are like there's this sort of like um, like one of the B plots is like this like underground ring of mages are trying to basically like smuggle people out of Kirkwall's tower because mm-hmm. Kirkwall's tower is like very oppressive because the uh, the like. Te- uh, Lord Templar or whatever the like Templar commander Meredith is insane. Yeah, um, and she's because the final of the boss of the game. Miriam, yeah. Um, again, we can't spoil something if it's been out for more than five years. Okay, I yeah, I, I agreed. Inquisition has been out for less time, but it's still been out for three, but four years. I did give us that really good moment of comedy, so I think it was worth it. Yeah, it was worth it. Um, but yeah, that. But you so like there's a part where like the Templars, if you. I know this is explaining a lot of the plot of two. Yeah, Stick with sure me. Is. But you have a brother. You as Hawk have a brother and a sister, and you choose which one lives at the beginning of the game. And Not then, necessarily purposefully. Not necessarily purposefully. You just make a choice, and one of them will die, and yeah. then the other one will be a companion for the rest of the game. Your brother is a shithead and a warrior, and he's useless, and I don't like him. Um, your sister is pretty all right, and she's a mage. And there's a, a part, so like if your sister survives... Even if you are playing as Magehawk, there's a part where, like, the Templars come for your sister and, like, take her to the circle, basically. Uh, but you, as a mage, as Hawk, are just, like, standing right there. Like, the Templars don't accost you, Hawk, for being Who's an apostate. holding, like, a staff. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I thought that it was not a conscious choice. I thought that it was based on your class. I thought that every time you played as Magehawk, your brother would have to live. Like, they would make your brother live. I don't think that's true. It's who you... I think it's, like, who you... That might be true, but as far as I remember, it's, like, who you, like, agree with or whatever. I think you get to choose which one lives and dies. I guess I gotta play two again. Fuck. Oops. I'm gonna play as Maytalk next time, and I'm gonna try to have Bethany live. No, that's what I... That's... Because Bethany... That's what I want to do. Is better. Maybe we can both do it. But I have to play as a warrior next time, because I... and I want to play as a mage next time, because I haven't spent as much time... Anyway, this is not (laughs) a good podcast. I've just never played as a warrior. Um... Inquisition, yeah. Inquisition, yeah. There's a lot. Inquisition probably has the most, like, stated queerness. Like, there's two characters that are, like, dedicatedly homosexual. That's Dorian and Sarah. Yes. Um, And and you know what's really exciting about Inquisition is it's so rare that there are two, like, um, uh, like characters that as a male uh player character you can romance like more than one gay option basically Uh because mass effect just has one like or two actually gay options throughout the entire series um but like you can you can get with dorian or uh iron bull yep who's pansexual and large and beautiful and i love him he is perfect. I also have I the love my son. mod in uh, Dragon Age God damn it. I'm so jealous of you. Yeah, it's very good. Because I play on console. Um, I guess I just could play on PC, but I don't have a PC, so here we are. Yeah, mine. I could. Um, but yeah, that uh, there's multiple queer characters, and there's that whole, like, I think it does a good job of, like, not, there's not, like, predatory queers in Inquisition. Like, um, there's Are there that- in other games? I don't think so in Dragon Age mm-hmm. that I can think of, but there's also not like tragic, like in Inquisition, uh, that whole like B plot or C plot, whatever the whole like <laughs> subplot of um, the uh, Empress of Orlais, yeah, yeah, and her oh, lover and her who lover. is a later lady elf, um, and uh, how they're portrayed as having like a 
consenting really like they're both like shady people who in the oh, political yeah. machinations like the game of Orlay is just something that everybody in politics participates yeah, you all have in. To be shady. Um but like it's not like because she's gay that she's manipulating the Empress. You yeah. know what I mean? She's not and she doesn't even, depending on how you play it, have to be like manipulating the Empress. That's like true. it's fascinating in that regard. Um also Inquisition has one of my favorite missions in all of a game and my yes. favorite type of missions that yes. appears in video games, which is the sneak into a fancy party mission. Uh, I love it so much. I always get so excited I love when I'm watching it Hannah play so a game, much. and I know that one of those is coming up. Yeah, and the like, Wicked Eyes and Wicked Hearts mission in Inquisition so is good. my current playthrough of Inquisition that I haven't touched in a little bit. Uh, is I'm like right before that mission, and I'm mm. so excited because oh, yeah. I love that mission more than anything. Your in the world. eyes like roll back into your head in pleasure when you were talking. I about love that. it. It's, it's so much good. fun, and it's so it's fun because uh, it's part of the way, especially in Inquisition, you play is like. Um, mystery and intrigue and dialogue and not yeah. just killing everybody, which it's you true. do, certainly do. You do um, kill a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the f- Yeah, the fancy party mission is always so good. The, like, casino mission in the uh, fucking Citadel DLC yeah. in uh, Mass Effect 3, it's also good. Um, but yeah, Dragon Age rules. Uh, and it's it's the satisfying thing about Dragon Age, and again, in relation to our podcast, is is the number of queer romances you can have that feel like organic and fulfilling. Like the uh, romance for Josephine, um, who is bisexual and who is played by a real life bisexual. Um, yes. And that's one of the cooler things about, as far as I know, especially Inquisition, is that several of the queer characters are played by actual queer people. Which is always so exciting and important because, like, it, it, all, it just always makes me feel good when queer characters are played by queer folks yep. because that just feels more... And when folks of color are played by folks of color. Oh, well, that makes me a- actively incredibly angry when that is not the yeah. case. It makes me a little bit less angry with the queer folks except for trans folks. I don't know. I, I get pretty angry about the whole thing. Just in general, yeah. I'm an angry person. It's, but, yes. I think, and one could argue... Well, I actually don't know if I think. I guess this is a question. Do you think it is, like... Sort of like that that um, discussion about like colorblind casting. Like, should there be folks of color in games, as long as they are like non stereotyped, even if they are, per, like, voice acted by, like, people not of color? Uh, no, I, I don't think that people who aren't of color should ever be playing people who are of color because that's super fucked up. There's that whole yeah. discussion going on right now about Apu from The Simpsons mm-hmm. um, being played by Hank Azaria, who is a white guy who is doing an impersonation of a white guy doing right. a stereotypical racist accent um, and how hurtful that caricature has been to people of, uh, like, South Asian descent. Um, and that's so fucked up on so yes, many levels I, I just don't think that that should be the case in games do you games. think though like I or agree anywhere. like folks of color should always be playing folks of color but like if they're doing like I just don't think like there's no excuse for not having folks of color in your voice cast but like if people are not doing like a stereotype accent and it's sort of like incidental that the character is of color do you think it's still like I'm shaking yes my head no no I know but like do you think, like, obviously they should have gotten a person of color to play that character, but do you think that, like, that is still, like, a problem if the character is, like, incidentally of yep. color and there's no stereotype yeah. involved? Yeah, I, I don't really think that, I, in, in my ideal, oh, I just got a cattail in my face. In my ideal world, nobody's identities in any media would be incidental. Like, there would right. be a purpose behind those identities, and it wouldn't necessarily be, like, 
I'm I'm queer and this is I'm super like in your face about it and this 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 stereotypes. I I don't mean that. I mean like yeah, yeah. it it just it just so happens that this character is like a person of color on top of other personality attributes, but it's not it's not just for the sake of like diversifying your game or what the fuck ever. Mm-hmm. Like you need to have people of color playing people of color in all things. Like you can't do colorblind casting. You just can't and you shouldn't. Like and I, in my personal preference, like, all queer characters should be played by queer people, and, like, all trans characters should be played by trans people. And I also think that queer people and trans people and people of color should be playing, like, uh, the normative roles also. Yeah. Like, I think that queer people should be able to play straight people, and trans people yeah. should be able to play cis people. Like, Well, it's just a, it's an interesting discussion in general, because that gets into, like, you know, there's that... Uh, whole debate in theater about colorblind casting. And that's partially what I'm thinking about. But coming largely from authors like Susan Laurie Parks, who is an author of color, you know what I mean? Like, we, neither of us can, of course, speak to the experience of people of color. um, But it's just an interesting discussion because there's an argument, a strong argument in theater, I think, for uh, until there's more, like, plays by people of color are getting like more saturating the landscape and more roles are being created uh, for people of color. Like, yes, absolutely. Like people of color should be able to play quote unquote, traditionally white roles. Um, Like people of color should be in Shakespeare pretty regardless. Like Othello shouldn't be the only play with a black person in it. Yeah. I mean, I fall more on the August Wilson side of things, which is like hardline, no colorblind casting. I fall sort of in the middle because I think if people of color are carving out a space for themselves, like, yes, people of color should be, yes, the, the focus should be creating more roles that are dedicatedly for people of color, but that's just not how the world works right now. I just want to see less white people. I want to see less white people, just and that's general. part of an argument for colorblind casting. I get Because what you're the saying. argument, f- like, against colorblind casting is usually used by white people, like, against casting people of color. Yes, I, I completely understand what you're saying, and I think that in in the ideal world, there is, like, a middle ground or whatever, but I think that I think that in order to force change, some people have to be very hard-line Right, I don't this. know that it's our place to be hard-line about it because we are not people of color. You know what I mean? Yes, I'm not saying you have to, like, change your opinion. I'm just saying that, I, like... I know, I know that you're not saying that. I think that um, white people need to talk more about race. No, absolutely, yeah. Like, whiteness yeah and that's something that i'm very passionate about and like if if people disagree with me i'm more than happy to talk well it about gets sticky it, in a fantasy situation because then like what is colorblind casting as opposed to not you know what i mean like mm. there's a lot of i i just i'm i guess i'm sort of more on the susan laurie park side of the fence because i so often see the like colorblind cast like uh, no colorblind casting or whatever used to be like historical accuracy. Like yeah, which people is are all mad bullshit. about like that one person who like wrote that article, that fucking opinion piece about Hamilton. And they were like so mad that yeah, the founding fathers garbage. being played by black people um, and like people of color. Like, yes, those people were not folks of color, but like what Lin-Manuel Miranda was doing with that musical for his own like words and ethos was attempting to t- like tell sort of two stories at once and to like use the story of Hamilton to also tell the story of like his experience as an immigrant and a person of color. It's just, I think that you have to do no colorblind casting in favor of the marginalized people. Right. But I just just don't, I don't think that's how the world works right now. And so I think folks of color should be, I think there should be a diversity of race in video games 
more so than there is now. Tell right. You and yes, those people should be being played by people of color, but I, I personally would rather see those faces and those bodies in the game than anything. Like it shouldn't be at the, one shouldn't be at the expense of the other. Well, no, of course not. One shouldn't be. At the I just think of the other. like there, those people should be in the game regardless. Um, and like, cause with video games, it's all a digital world. You know what I mean? And like, especially with fantasy video games, it's a fantastical world. Like, uh, there should be many bodies of color on the screen. Yes, those bodies of color should be being voiced by people of color, uh, but for me, it is more important that those people are in the game if they are not being played as stereotypes. Like, um, and yeah, I don't know. It's like, I just, I just don't want, especially if with fantasy, the historical accuracy. I hate that argument so much. The argument is so bonkers to me because it's like, it's literally fantasy, y'all. Like, it's dragons aren't real. Surprise. So, like, this isn't historically accurate. Like, it's a world where there's dragons and magic. Um, which, as much as I'd like that to be true in our world, I don't think it is. Um, well, that's... I, I do think that there is magic. Yes, I think there's magic. There probably weren't dragons. There might have been. There might have been, Who but knows? we don't know. Um, we kind of do. <laughs> we kind of do, and there probably wasn't. There were hella dinosaurs though, and oh, they were tight you. as fuck. Yeah, that's true. Um, um, I I think that I think that this is a fine place for us to disagree. I might yeah want to talk about it more, like continuing in future. I just episodes. think I think we both have good points. Like I think there is strong argument for both sides, much in the way that there is a strong argument by the mages and the Templars in the game, and it makes it sort of a complicated choice. Good job tying no, it back. Yeah, seriously, though, like, we were talking about, like, the political complexities and, like, the way that the decisions feel, for me, personally, playing Dragon Age, that, like, it's so easy to be so hardline anti-Templar, but there's, like, some very Which good... I am. Right, but there's some, like, I'm si- in this most recent playthrough of Inquisition, like, I sided with the Templars just to, like, mm-hmm. do something different yeah, and have them on my side. Um, also, Templars are better against mages than mages are against Templars, yes. so it just makes more gameplay sense to side with the Templars, but whatever. Um, and it's, like, there are very strong, like, espe- so in Origins, the, like, Mage Tower quest, like, you see... Yeah, there's just strong argue. There's a very strong argument to be made in that quest for the like, shut down the whole tower thing based on what's happening there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The like monstrosities okay, that are yeah. occurring inside the mage tower. I mean, to tie it all back to kind of the what we were talking about last episode, and to start wrapping up, um, I think that this just goes to show that fantasy does provide a really great like funhouse mirror effect mm-hmm. into discussing and thinking about like real life issues and I think that that's part of what is so valuable about fantasy is the ability to use that as a lens to explore things that are happening like in our real lives and like other people's lives and that's that's so cool that Dragon Age um creates and fosters like discussions Mm -hmm. like this um and that's just something I really appreciate about the game and like I said I also just very much enjoy the way the romance feels in Dragon Age like romancing Josephine is just a very fun romance because it's also this very in uh, Inquisition who is again a person of color a bisexual person of color played by a bisexual person of color which which is tight as fuck um that like but like my like my Inquisitor I never play as white and like the Inquisitor is voiced by a white person and like yes it should be voiced by a person of color but it's you should have the option to make your Inquisitor look however you want um, that, uh, her romance, like, Josephine's romance is so fun, because it's this, like, you get, it's this sort of, like, it's, it's a very, like, Shakespearean romance that you it play is. through, and you have to, like, fight for her honor, and then she's, like, 
don't do this. Like, you don't need to do this for me. Like, I'm an adult. I can handle myself. And then you get the option to be like, you're right. Never mind. And like that sort of cuts the romance off or to be like, I'm not doing it because I have to. I'm doing it because I love you. And that's very like grandiose thing. Uh, And it's just very, again, it's very satisfying and it's very like cute. And it's, um, I mean, so is Dorian because it reminds me so much of like, a young budding like queer romance like between two men in like this very specific like uh flirtatious almost kind of cruisy way the Uh way that y'all play with each other at first and the way that both of you have like spoken about being gay before and what that is like in your respective places of living Mm -hmm. I don't know I think that I think that the romance in Dragon Age Inquisition is just very good I agree completely it's very good it makes me very happy yeah Origins is is also a very fun romance but it's the mechanics are a little bit clunkier in Origins for that so it's just a little less that way um but it's, yeah, just the way that romance, like, evolves, especially in Inquisition, feels very organic. Like, Scout Harding, you can, like, sleep with. It's not, she's not, like, a, like, um, committed like romance op- out, yeah. option. But, like, you, like, do it by, like, you flirt with her whenever you see her. And eventually yeah. she's like, hey, are you flirting with me? And you're like, hell yeah. And she's like, oh, jeez. And I just relate very much to Scout yeah, Harding. When you talk to her, she'll you... be like, Josephine smiled at me and I ran away. Like, it's this very, like, organic, like... I've been there. Yeah. I also rollerblade. Thank you. Um, did we tell that story on the podcast? Yeah, I think, I think we yeah, did. Yeah, I think we did when the person said, I also rollerblade. I was having a conversation with a couple friends in real life, and they told me that they already heard, like, the story that I was telling them. <laughs> on the, oh, no. Yeah. We can't talk about anything anymore no. if people listen to our podcast. But that's cool that people are listening to our podcast. And you should, too. You can yeah. find us on Instagram at uh, Gay Gamers. Yep, also on Twitter at Gay Gamers. Um, uh, you could email us at ifitsgayweplay at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, you can search it's if it's gay we play or it's also at gay gamers on yes. facebook gay gamers with a z um thank you to everyone who's liked our page we've got 70 thank likes you we're so excited about it um we've been a little quiet on the social media because we're both very busy right now but, yeah, we'll, but then once my show opens we'll yeah, both be we're done. gonna be up on there have more yeah, content yeah. for y'all um obviously keep doing this every week um um, social media. Like, rate, and subscribe. Yeah, we would really, really, like a couple of lovely folks have uh, given us iTunes Which reviews. Which is so sweet. Thank you. Um, and thank you so much for doing that. Um, uh, shout out to Barry, is their name? I, I'm pretty I think, sure. I, I yeah, we left us a really uh, sweet yeah, iTunes yeah, very review. very sweet iTunes review. Charles, uh, Teresa, my yep. mom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Charles, whose iTunes review is having trouble like going through because of mechanics, but he showed me the very sweet review that I saw it up. Um, oh, cool. Right yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Charles, um, who also sent us a really cool video on our Facebook that, that we, we haven't had time watch. to yep. watch yet, we'll but I'm it. very excited about it. We promise. Um, about fantasy um, video games. And yeah, shout out to everybody who's listening so far. We love you. Um, we love you. We're really, really excited to be doing this show. Yeah. It's really fun it's to so do. It's so much fun. And it's just really satisfying to like, we had this idea and we're actually following through. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, find us on social media, like our stuff uh that smash that like subscribe on itunes where it's still we're still only on itunes we're working on like switching our podcast hosting site it's a weird issue so that we can more easily be on other we want to be accessible to everybody yeah we want to be we'll get like on google play and spotify and stuff you uh are not able to access apple itunes you can listen to us on our producer's website which is Mm stickpokeprod.com shout Um, out to stickpokeprod Um, there's some other shows on that sort of network that we're found helping if you click on the podcast section of the website you can find us and just stream us through your web browser which uh-huh. is really cool so if you are not on apple 
podcasts and somehow listening to this somehow. Maybe in a friend's car. I don't know. I don't do. know. Maybe, yeah, maybe a cool homie. Maybe a cool homie, like, shared us. But uh, you can you can find us at stickbookbroad.com. Yep. Um, I think that's... That's the whole thing. ...it for this week. Uh, we're going to talk about Dragon Age more for sure. Obviously, that's all we but, ever do. Uh, this was our, our first Cute. Dragon Age-specific episode. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I, now I really want to play Dragon Age. I know. We'll do that tonight. Uh, keep, keep playing game. Keep being games. Goodbye. Goodbye.